get ready to strap on your boots. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Startup Journey, I have with me a tenacious connector and leadership coach, Catherine Canty. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. I'm excited to uh, share stories with you. Awesome. And I'm excited to hear them, right? And one of the first things in terms of stories that I, I want to talk to you about is the fact that, well, one of the, one of the big issues are in, the, in the country or the world is homelessness, right? I mean, there's a lot of people on the street and I've known people who are homeless because of mental illnesses. And there's a lot of, I guess, misconceptions about homelessness and why people are homeless. And what are your thoughts on not only the homeless, homeless issue, but how are you fighting the to help, you know, to help rectify the situation? A big question to start with. Um, yeah, so I think I'll go back and get my second cup of coffee. Um, I don't have all the answers, but I can share with you what I have been introduced to in my community. And um, we have a local United Way, so all the funding stays here within our community. And they have a home for women and children. And I became engaged with their homeless solution. And um, when they were running out of funding and needed to have some fundraisers. So my husband and I were asked to host and, and sponsor a black tie event that helps cover a lot of these costs that have been cut, which is totally understandable, you know, and we want to give back locally. And so part of that was, well, they put our name on the invitation, but what does that mean? And so I said, all right, well, where's this house and what are some stories where I can learn about what's going on within my own community? And it was beyond shocking. Um, the house that the women and children live in literally are within walking distance of where we live. And I pass by this house multiple times a day. The, um, the best thing that I learned was 95% of the time, the, the um, shelter that helps women and children transition from homelessness into permanent housing, 95% of the time they're successful getting these women and children back into permanent housing. And the stories that have come out of that have just been phenomenal. And it really makes me excited to be able to support something that's local and impactful and helping women and their children um, turn their lives back around for the, for the normal. So um, it's, it's, it's that's fantastic. Exciting. Yeah, it's fantastic yeah. that you guys are giving people an really an opportunity is what it is, you know, and most people who go through homelessness, they don't get that chance. They don't get that, that break that they need to, like you said, have a success story. So I think that's great that you're doing that. And it also, I also noticed that in correlation to this is that you're reusing buildings that are not being used. And that's a, one of the biggest things that I've been uh, spreading awareness to through a documentary I made and through a nonprofit I have is to preserve historical buildings or reuse buildings that are not really being used for anything and just repurposing it without having to demolish it and put something else in its place. So what's, how did that happen? Like what, what, what was the day where you decided, well, I'm going to reuse buildings and I want to put an accelerator in them to help entrepreneurs. Like what was the day that you know, the aha moment where it struck you, like, I want to do this. It starts from just being curious and asking questions and wanting to learn more. And I live in a, in a small community and part of living here is 
I've always wanted to be an architect or some sort of, you know, design person, you know, back when I was in elementary school, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. So a way to compromise living in a small town is let's renovate old houses in our spare time. And while we're working or I'm working in corporate America, my husband's starting up different businesses. And so repurposing the old for today, it just feels as natural as breathing for me. I can walk in a building and I can tell you where the plumbing needs to be and where the walls probably need to stay because they're supporting the roof. And I can tell you, you know, based off of today's family lifestyle, this is kind of where we need to have the, the, the family and the kitchen area and the living room versus kind of some of those older house plans. So um, that came natural. And then, you know, over the course of 15, 20 years of doing that, um, it's actually branched into commercial real estate now. So we're beginning to identify um, what are the needs and embracing all the constraints that come with it. And to be honest with you, sometimes you just got to tear down an old house or you have to tear down an old building because it can't be saved. Um, but usually portions of it can be re reiterated back into, um, into that new. So it's, it's pretty cool to get to see that happen. Awesome. And when you said elementary school, you first started to realize that you were into this, like, tell me a little bit about being an elementary school kid. And this, you know, just comes across to your, your head. Like, how did that happen? I think it's my parents. So if we like just deep, dive into like this childhood, you know, trauma. Uh, It was always, you know, mom and dad moved every seven years or so, and they would constantly just do renovations around the house. And how do you just repurpose what you already have? So you were, you were kind of immersed in the renovation kind of lifestyle already. And you started to, you know, put two and two together and then it kind of came natural to you. That's pretty cool. That's never to the magnitude that I have right now, but it, it was pretty small back then. Now it's just like wide, wide, blown open. <laughs> I've been around in my whole, I've been around in my whole life too. So I totally understand what you're talking about. Uh, you mentioned that you, uh, on your, on your page that you have three wins that three ways to win. Like what are those three secrets to success that uh, everybody would love to hear? I'm sure. Um, yeah. So I think there are some some kind of some fun ways to be able to create some small wins and successes is um, I've got a a B2B program, business to business selling program, and I like to break things down into three. So in that example, um, three wins are how do you clearly communicate with your customer and prospects? So it makes it easy for them to work with you. Um, The second one is how do you build influence within a corporate or a community environment? And a lot of that talks about just navigating the different personalities that are in the room and decision makers And then the third portion is, you know, we we have a hard time networking today with the world kind of shutting down with COVID and and what the new world's going to look like. And one way to proactively um, own your own network is to be on LinkedIn and be able to leverage all the millions of connections that are out there. So I break it down into three simple steps. And I think um, those are three ways just to kind of get started with making connections, whether it's through one business to another or with one community to another or just people people to people. Awesome. I agree with those as well. And there's probably another 30 we can add. I happen to like even numbers. So like I always have like four things or like (laughs) like 10 things. Like, I don't know why, but that's always how I am. Um, But I I know, I know that you've gone from the corporate industry into now privateer entrepreneurship. So that transitional period, right? A lot of people out there are trying to, or have tried to transition from corporate to entrepreneurship. What were some of the challenges or like the main challenge you faced when you moved from corporate into entrepreneurship? Um, I think the, um, the biggest gift for me was my network. And before I even left corporate in my career that led me throughout corporate, um, I 
I hopefully treated people the way that, that I would want to be treated. And they were very generous when I left and just truly staying in touch with people and being authentic has been huge. And I probably have, and still battle, you know, the self-doubt of, you know, when you work for corporate, you're behind this big logo and brand. And when you go out on your own, it's kind of like, whoa, you know, I got to believe in myself and the people I work with need to believe in me too. And um, there's a big transition, a mental game that kind of happens. And, um, you know, having a good network and just kind of paying it forward with them. And when I transitioned out, it helped me kind of battle that, that question that I had, because I've, I was, um, i received a lot of great contracts when I got out and I'm extremely grateful for them. So really your challenge was that you lacked self-confidence or, you know, you were, you were not confident enough and you were kind of scared, I guess, to, to venture out into a whole new world without that support system that you had from the corporate world. You know, it's funny, a lot of people that want to be entrepreneurs, the number one thing they say that the reason why they're not doing it is because they're afraid. You know, and uh, that's important that you said that, that, that the confidence factor, because most people don't say it. Most people say the biggest challenge was uh, not knowing who their customers were or not knowing if it was going to work or not knowing, you know, if they were doing the right thing. But for you, that, that's cool. I like that. And if you could go back now, right, say, say um, Marty McFly and Doc Brown show up with the, the, the DeLorean time machine and you can go back and choose a moment when you made a huge mistake in your transitional period or when starting your business everybody's got one at least. What was yours and what would you do to avoid that mistake to help others avoid it? I think um, one mistake is I, I should invest in myself earlier and that could have helped maybe speed along some of this and be willing to put that investment out first. So yeah, invest in yourself before you invest in anything else. And you mentioned having a coach and of course, throughout most entrepreneurs' careers, they always say they had a mentor or a coach to help them along the way. I know I had one not early enough, but when I did finally have one, he gave me some great advice that completely changed the game for me. So uh, your coach or a mentor you had, what was one crucial piece of advice they gave you that changed the game for you? Stop learning and start doing. So just get your hands dirty. Yeah. And, and make mistakes, right? Yeah. Because that's how you learn. Yeah. She was like, you already know how to do all this stuff. Just do it. Quit reading another book. Quit asking another person for their advice. Quit complaining about X, Y, Z. Pick up the phone and call somebody. Send an email. Help somebody. Listen to what their struggles are and just start doing what you've taught countless other people to do. Absolutely. So, that, that was fantastic. If she pushed you into the water, right? Because you, yes. you were too scared to dip your toe in there to check the temperature. But she's like, get in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so true. <laughs> I like it. But there also must have been a time when you were transitioning between, because you mentioned corporate to uh, entrepreneurship was scary, right? I mean, it was something where you weren't sure you had to self-doubt, but it also has to do with, there's a financial piece to it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of people say, well, I couldn't quit my job because it pays my bills and I have a family and blah, blah, blah. So what was the kind of balancing act you had to perform in order to uh, you know, make sure that your finances were in order because you were leaving such a comfortable position and then moving into uncharted territory. So how, how did you balance it and how can people balance it? Yeah, so this is kind of funny. My network uh, reached out to me and have you ever had a breakup and you have a rebound girlfriend or a rebound boyfriend? Of course. 
All right. So I had a rebound corporate job <laughs> that not very many people know about. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm out of my own. I'm actually got contracts and had somebody reach out to me and say, we need help growing the business in the Southeast. I'm like, well, psh, that's easy. And you know, things are slow in the beginning. So I'll just pick up this full-time job while I'm doing everything else. But um, it was more for a startup business and um, totally went down that, you know, that train and, and helped double their clients within 90 days. And nice. then I went back and I said, oh no, this is turning into corporate. We've got to like figure out how to transition out nicely. Great people, great company, love the product and um, figured out how to transition out of that and then realized, oh my God, when I reflect back on it, that was a total rebound corporate job. And um, you got suckered. Yeah. It was kind of funny. And like you get trapped back into what the comfort zone is. And I was like, Oh, that was close. So that lasted for about six months and um, ended up making a, a nice transition out and everybody's still fine. But yeah, I had a little bit of a rebound, rebound job in there. That's, that's hilarious. She just yeah. kept, she, she just, or he just kept texting you and asking you to hang out at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, I'm bringing over some ice cream. So uh, she, they got you with the ice cream. So it sounds like you had a tough time kind of letting go. And, but then you, you must have in the back of your mind subconsciously, there are perks and advantages to being an entrepreneur and running your own business that you must have said, well, wait a minute, I'm missing these components. Right. And so what, what was the, the, I guess the line that you drew in the sand that said, I want to, I want to get those things back the perks and advantages of running your own business that, that you enjoy. Yeah, I was still running the, the coaching business and the B2B sales business. I'm still running that full time, but I was able to run basically another full time job that I thought, you know, it, it was just as easy as breathing. So it really wasn't like a full time, full time, but um, it was just that natural comfort zone. And then I realized, okay, we got to like stop this because all I'm doing is going back into my old ways. And what got me here is not going to get me to the next place. And so it was pretty much putting it on pause stepping out of the body and reevaluating, wait a minute, I'm totally like relapsing. I got to get out of this and I need to jump back into what my focus was. So and what was that? Like, what was, what was the, the piece? What were the pieces that you were like, I guess if there were three things or two things, you like three things. So what were like the three things that you loved about being an entrepreneur, cutting off the X completely and saying, I'm going cold Turkey into this mode. Like what were those three things that you were trying to reach? Okay, so this is kind of funny. So as I am having like this experience that I need to get out of here, I'm talking to somebody about business development and coaching them on business development. And I said, well, this is how you need to bring in the customers. You need to clarify your message. You need to um, create some influence within this organization because you're not connecting. And then the third thing is, is we need to track these folks down on LinkedIn and kind of lead with influence and be consistent online with what we are as a company. And then it dawned on me, oh my God, this is a sales process why don't I just sell this back to them? And then I'll be able to sell it out as a B2B solution later on my website. And so basically I'm having like this experience saying, well, this is these three things that you need to work on. And meanwhile, I've, I've realized that I could use that to teach them to transition out nicely and be able to also grow my business. And it was all during COVID when, you know, wow. we're having a hard time connecting in a yeah. world that, that just went to Zoom. Talk about an aha moment. That's, that sounds like it was yours when you realized you had something valuable that you could kind of package, right, and, and, and give it to people. I think that's fantastic that you were able to do that. And, of course, other people out there who are struggling and trying to figure out 
how to do what you do? Like, how do you sell to people? How do you get people to, you know, be better entrepreneurs? What are some of the things, I guess you, you love three. So what are like the three things that you love <laughs> to tell people? Here's how you can sell. Here's how you can be a better business owner. Here's how you can be, you know, a better thought leader or whatever it is you're good at. I think it's consistently showing up. Um, consistency has been a choice that I've made and um, consistently providing content or consistently being present online, consistently reaching out to follow up um, conversations, whatever that may be. Um, so consistency is number one. The second one is always follow up. And so, you know, when you say you're going to follow up or touch base in two weeks, just do it. And you may not have the answer yet, but just follow up with somebody. And then the, uh, the last thing would definitely be lead with value. And how can you help someone else before you ask for them to help you. That's a great point, that last one, because a lot of uh, entrepreneurs who I've worked with over the past couple decades even have always said, I'm going to get money from investors, right? I'm going to pitch investors and my idea is the best. It's the you know, billion dollar idea. And I always tell people, do not pitch investors for money. Ask them for feedback and advice because then they'll be interested in talking to you because they love to give you, you know, advice. And then if maybe they like your idea, then maybe they'll invest, but don't go in looking for money. So that's a great point is to, to get feedback and advice. So I want to hear about the accelerator that you, I, I believe you started the accelerator. I've always wanted to start one as well, but I've been kind of sucked into, like you said, helping other accelerators with their pr programs. So what made you want to start that? And what are the focal points to helping entrepreneurs at the accelerators? So we're in the process of getting one started in South Carolina, and there's a couple different ones that are going on. And I learned about this by just being curious and having conversations and um, ended up connecting with a woman in North Carolina who has a successful track record of, of bringing these things together. And um, what led us to this point was the $12.1 million public and private investment that came into our community just within the past 18 months. How did you and land that? It's a long story. <laughs> well, give me the, give me the short cliff notes version. Uh, create influence uh, without having any titles and pull a bunch of people together that have diverse backgrounds and ask very simple questions such as, do you think our community needs reliable broadband for the future of our agriculture, telemedicine, uh, workforce development and, um, and, uh, education. So yeah, that's great. There you go. That wasn't you know, so hard. <laughs> you, you ask simple questions like that and you just say, okay, they finally said yes. So what's the next step? And then you give them the next couple steps. So, um, so yeah, so just recently um, we just received that grant that is coming in. And so we've got 256 miles of fiber going out into the community. That's going to wow. help close the broadband gap. Um, as that is going on, now we are beginning to apply for different federal grants. And in the middle of COVID, I'm out looking at a bunch of rundown buildings to see, you know, can any of this stuff be repurposed? And by the way, my telecommunications provider, they know where all their gold is buried. They know where all the fiber is buried. So it's kind of like matchmaking. Okay, how far away are you from this location? How far are you away from that location? Smart. So, um, you know, the, the grant process didn't happen overnight. I don't think the incubator is going to happen overnight. Um, I think, you know, we'll, we'll have a couple fails along the way. And uh, we have applied for some federal grants and North Carolina just received one. Um, we were declined one. So, I mean, I just feel like we're circling something. And I think, again, just like with our careers and, and with entrepreneurship, we just need to have patience and uh, good things come to those who wait. And I, I feel like it's, it's coming. It's just not absolutely right now, right here, but it's coming. 
You know, a lot of people say exactly what you say, but the opposite. They say, oh, look at all these companies out there making millions and billions of dollars. And I'm like, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes years of time. And I think a a take home here for entrepreneurs listening is if you do want to run a business of any kind or be an entrepreneur, start a company, whatever it is, it's going to take a couple of years of your life and it might not work. So you need to get that mindset you know, that you're going to spend one, two, three, four years of your time, your money, your blood, sweat, and tears. And you do have goals and you can, like you said, the simple goals are the small goals, achievable goals, but then there's a larger picture as well. There must've been a moment when you were running any of the businesses that you run or any of the projects you've had where you just wanted to pull your hair out and throw the towel in and say, I I give up. I can't do this anymore, but something stopped you from doing that and something kind of made you keep going. What, what was the moment when you said, I can't do this anymore, but then you continued anyway. And how did you get, how did did you get through it? This happens every day. So um, I'll give you my example. (laughs) That's the best answer ever. (laughs) It's Tuesday that we're recording this. And yesterday was Monday and we took some time off for spring break and I'm running, basically I'm a GC of a commercial real estate project that, that we have. And so I'm handling the day-to-day junk that comes with it. And uh, I show back up on Monday and I'm like, you guys have been working for 10 days. I have been gone. You had a list that was like a mile long that you all said was super easy. Two to three days, max, you were going to vacation pretty much while I was on vacation. Well, I show up and I'm like, darn, if y'all didn't look like you took a vacation while I was on my vacation, because nothing that I thought was going to get done, got done. And so I'm over here thinking to myself, I need a paper bag to breathe in because I'm about to lose my mind. Oh no! And I'm, I'm just trying to breathe and assess the situation. And I'm realizing I got myself into this and I need to break it down and celebrate with them, whatever it is that they thought they got done and then just reposition. All right, guys, let's go ahead and start. We need to get this, this, and this done. And tell me again, how long is that going to take? And when can we get you another assignment, et cetera. And so, yeah, that was yesterday. And I feel like I'm still living it today when I go out there and check on things. So, wow. So it's really just like the willingness to accept the situation and just stay motivated to just keep plugging along to get things done because you know eventually they'll get done and you can't control what happens so just kind of let it go it sounds like you're doing more like of a zen thing right like, i don't know i mean what other choice do i have like they, they could just like not be working right now and then i'm just going to continue to get frustrated and then they're going to get continued to get frustrated because they won't have their list to work on so oh my god um, yeah That's so hilarious. all i know is Let's just step back, take a breath, reassess, and make our new list of what we're going to work on this week. And you mentioned taking a break or a spring break or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, so you do, you do detach from work. I mean, everybody has to. And if you don't, you start to burn out, right? I've gotten yeah. burned out over the years myself. So what are some of the things that you do to detach and separate yourself from the day-to-day grind? I think to- that's a great question. Um, figuring out when I can go take time to just go for a walk and listen to a podcast and just be by myself and not let that do don't answer the phone and just go for a walk. And, um, for me, just being alone in a room helps me kind of decompress and, um, turning off the electronics definitely helps. More people should be doing that. It's crazy how often we're not doing it, but there's so much benefit to doing that. I unplug every night after dinner, my phone's on silent. I don't look at it for hours. You know, I do meditation, yoga, stuff like that, just to, to just realign myself because if not, I really do get burned out. So 
Some of the uh, best answers come during that meditation. Right. I, yeah. I, I get out of it and I'm like, I'm ready to tackle something, you know, like it's yeah. great. It just uh, that definitely realigns you. So I'd love to hear some words of wisdom and inspirational kind of uh, quotes or anything that you have to, to tell entrepreneurs out there who are either struggling or they want to become an entrepreneur or they want to get that confidence they need to, to start a business. What are some of the things you would tell people who are listening? You know, I was just talking with somebody earlier today and that question popped up and I'll give you the same answer. And the answer is quite simple is never stop learning. The answers are out there. And if you read enough books, if you listen to enough podcasts, if you talk to enough people and you truly are listening to what they're telling you, you can figure out whatever problem it is that's sitting in front of you. So never stop learning. That's so true. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Eventually you can get through it, right? You just yeah. have to be, but too many people, especially nowadays, like during COVID, especially a lot of millennials are facing the problem of like, they're not working, they're living with their parents. And of course, everything is on demand. You click a button, you order something, you click a button, you get food, you click a button, you, you know, you buy something, click a button, everything's just ready, 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 ready. To, people don't even have to know anything. Just go on Google and ask a question and it gives you the answer. So I think that you're absolutely right. People need to stop doing that. Stop, you know, basically being an internet, you know, they're just, they basically are the internet. You need to become a person and start learning more. So that's great. Where can people learn more about you online? My website is katherinecanty.com. And then you can also find me at LinkedIn and LinkedIn under Catherine Canty. And that will take me back to my website. Awesome. I look forward to hearing more about your accelerator when it launches. So you definitely you. have to keep me in the loop and send me an email when it's launched. I'd love to hear how Absolutely. it kind of turns out. Maybe you can bring out some people to speak and do like seminars and things like that. Um, I actually graduated from an accelerator in New York in 2014 for one of my startups. So that was a very good experience. I learned so much from that and uh, it really helped me become a better entrepreneur. So I, I definitely know a lot about um, accelerators, how they operate and uh, the, the, the good things that came out of them, the bad things that happened at them some of the things I wish they had done, you know, things like that. So I think that, uh, you know, we should definitely talk more about that in the future. I would love that. We will stay in touch for sure. Thank you so much. Awesome. And thanks for coming on my podcast. It was a blast. It was. Thanks, Jason. All right. I'll see everybody in next week's episode. Thanks for listening. If you learned something in today's episode, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, on Amazon. And if you want to dive even deeper into the world of entrepreneurship, I suggest you sign up for my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy.com. Also, you can support this podcast by leaving me a positive review and also by visiting Patreon.com slash Strap on Your Boots to become a member and get bonus material. See you in next week's episode.